Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Amen! Hallelujah! Well, I want to bring you some good news today. Hallelujah! Good news about Jesus Christ. There's so much bad news that it's time we came back and had another look. So if you've got your Bibles out, let's turn to Mark chapter 1. And I'm sorry, but when I preach outside, I never learned to do it quiet. So I know if I'm bellowing, you'll have to adjust the sound. Praise the Lord. I was, I was just saying to our sister here that when I was younger, thank you, sir. When I was younger, we used to go to the Salvation Army and we'd go outside. And we'd go outside with two feet of snow on the ground. And we'd just give the gospel out. It didn't matter. So a little rain doesn't bother me. Last time I preached outside, it was 40 degrees but centigrade. So this is a little different, but we work with it. Amen. <laughs> so hopefully you have found the book of Mark. Crackers, praise the Lord. <laughs> Mark chapter one, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it was written, you can count on the fact that what God wrote down, what he had written for us is just as true today as it was when it went down on paper. Well, like papyrus, right? <laughs> he says, I'll send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. This is a time of preparation for us. It's a time for the church of God to stand up and be awake. We need to be alive in the things that God has prepared. Every person here today and those people listening, get ready. Get ready for the spirit of God to pick you up and put you right where he wants you. Amen. There was a voice that was crying. It was crying in the wilderness. And we have a voice crying today. And, and it happens to be most of the time whining. We have a lot of people whining. Why it didn't happen this way? Why it didn't happen this way? And unfortunately, sometimes as believers, we fall into the place where we insert things to make ourselves and others feel better. One of those things that we say is God is in control. And as a pastor, I think I don't know of a sentence that has hurt more of the body of Christ. And, and you say, well, why would you say that? Because it's what happens when there's something that didn't turn out how someone thought. They say, well, God's in control. He's in control of that. He's in control of that. And, and all I've seen on the other end is hurt and wounds where people go away disappointed and start, well, if that's how it is, I may as well just die now. And, and God didn't want that. There are some things that he is in control of, absolutely. But he is not in control of your will, lest we'd all be born again. If he was in control of everything, there'd never be a place for obedience. He wouldn't call us to it, right? But he's called us to obey his word. He's called us to love his word. He's called us into a place where we obey. And if there was always only his will and he did everything, what place would it be for obedience? It's a good question, don't you think so? Why would there even be a call to obedience if it were just already set in order? 
We must come to the place where we understand in the preparation of our heart, there, there are things where we yield, and that's a part of our obedience. So when one is crying in the wilderness, it says in the Amplified, shouting in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make his beaten tracks straight, level, and passable. So we get to walk in the place where we say, hey, you know, some of this stuff's been very difficult. It has. Some of it's been very, very difficult for people. And we recognize that. But there is a place where we can decree a passable path. And we need to believe for that. That if it's true in Psalm 91, do you believe Psalm 91? That he sent his angels to protect you lest your foot dash against a stone? Do we believe that or what? Come on, somebody flash their lights at me. There you go. Come on now. We believe Psalm 91. So if, if the angels of God are there to help us so we don't, you know, bump away on the path of life, then bless the Lord. We can have a straightened path. Hallelujah. We can get a level and passable way through anything. Amen. Hallelujah. John did baptize in the wilderness. So even when there was no hope, even when Jesus hadn't gone to the cross, there was still a way. Hallelujah. So John, it says in the Amplified, he said he preached in the wilderness, a desert of preaching of baptism, obligating repentance. <laughs> I know the, the horn thing, right? But hey, I'm cool with it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm cool with the horns. Um, a change of one mind for the better. Look at this. Heartily amending one's ways with the abhorrence of his past sins in order to obtain forgiveness and release. And I just love that word release. I just love it, don't you? I think release is a great word. And I think as, as we talk about just different things and how the Lord works in our life, if we could come back to those kind of basics, how many people say, all right, you know, just give it to Jesus, right? Turn it over to the Lord. We'll just give it to Jesus. But what does that look like? What does that look like? Right? What's it like? It's a good sentence. It is. it is a good sentence. And it's nice. It sounds really Christian. It sounds very Christian. But what? <laughs> How do we release things? Well, I know I've seen people who haven't. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. You know, they're clinging to it. How do I release it? How do I let it go? We walk by faith, and so the way we release those things and release our sins is by making a statement. In the same way we confess our sins before Jesus, we confess the release of them. Here, God, you take it. You have this, but it comes out of your mouth, not mine. That's the place again of, of we say, well, does that really work? Well, sure. You know, when I was growing up, People used to say, oh, you know, uh, they'd say, oh, you're smarting up. You're just, you know, you need to smarten up. Well, nobody knew what that meant. <laughs> like, not a one person. Yeah, you know, you're talking to a five-year-old, just smarten up. I don't know what that means, right? Smarten up, smarten up. But we used to say that. doesn't mean anything. But we knew that words had power. So many children who are now adults come to me and they say, this is what was said in my household over my life. And it was so limiting. We understand words have power. Words have power. They trap people. Say, well, so-and-so, they always called me fatty. They always called me this. They are skinny, fatty, shorty, uh, tally, whatever. 
but that word stuck in there like a stone. But God said he'd make a passable way. He'd make a passable way. That's the release people are looking for. They don't know how to get there. They don't understand in the same way that, that death was spoken over them, that speaking releases life. That when they speak the words and they release it, their speaking releases the sin into Jesus' hands. And we need to come back and get our mouth moving. Canadians, we need to stand up and get our mouth moving again about the goodness of our God, about the faithfulness of our God. It's our speaking that turns it around. It turns it around. Uh, I love what it says in verse 7. He said he preached saying, this is what John said. There's coming one mightier than me. In whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. Indeed, I baptize with you, daughter. He's going to baptize us with the Holy Ghost. He knew where he was going. He had, a, he had a place. He had a focus. And we need to get that back. What are we believing for? Are we believing for God to touch us this Sunday at charge? Are we believing for that? Are we believing for this? What are we believing for? Well, one, let's get that remission of sins going. Let's get that release going. Let's start with a good confession that says, God, I release this to you. I'm giving you this. And then don't take it back. Don't get up the next day and say, well, I'm not sure if he took that. Wait. No, no. Keep your mouth in line with what you said. So many times, you know, we'll go, we'll even pray for the sick. And, and we'll, you know, we'll drum up. We'll get all those right scriptures. You know what I'm talking about. We get the right scriptures. We get them all going. Blah, 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 blah. And we'll pray them. And we'll say, and it sounds really good because we were loud or, or had a lot of passion behind it. And it sounded really God. And then we walk away and say, well, you know, uh, I don't know if they're going to make it. What are you doing? And, and uh, not to be Bambi or anything, but, you know, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. And uh, I think it's a time we can, you know, just put a clamp on it, you know, and, and keep yourself in what you've said. Keep yourself in what you've said. If we go back and we think, well, what did Jesus come for? What, what was his purpose? Where did he go to? It says in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulder, not men's. He's the great order. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's who we're preparing for. But we have a trouble right now. We have a trouble with people. We know God's word is true. That, that's, we got that. We got that. But the greatest trouble we have right now is isolation. But we can get through that. We can get through every time because of these kind of promises. God said he's a wonderful, he's a counselor, he's a mighty God. If he's those things and we believe he is, then no matter what we're standing in, we can walk all the way through. I want you to think about this. When God created man, and there he was walking around. He said, look out. He looks at Adam and he said, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good. He recognized that. He saw that. He said, not good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He made a woman. But it was, it's not about the woman. It's not about the fact he was a woman. He knew it wasn't good for him to be alone. He needed something contact. He needed something he could see with his hands. 
when Moses, let's turn there. Exodus chapter 33. I love that chapter. I think it's wonderful. Praise the Lord. I can lick my finger. Praise the Lord. Anybody who's been stuck in the vegetable aisle lately knows what I'm talking about. You know, the vegetable aisle, you're trying to open a bag and you can't lick your finger because the mask is on. I tried to like, you know, oh dear Lord, help us. He's helping us. He's helping us. Praise God. <laughs> so you got an Exodus 33. I tell you, I learned a little trick from, from Dory and praise the Lord. You know, they have the sprayers over the vegetables. There's always a drip hanging down. She caught the drip and bag open just like that. So be blessed. Amen. There's a little handy for you. Amen. Exodus chapter 33. Verse 9, it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and he stood at the door of the tabernacle. The Lord talked with Moses. There's a place we need that connection. And it's not just going to happen here. We have to connect every day at home. We have to. That's part of the preparation we need to get to. We need to get to the place where Jesus is in our homes where it doesn't feel like the only place I connect is church. I'm glad we do. I'm glad for his presence. I'm glad it's everywhere. But we need to have that recognition in our home. We need that. And he's going, you know what? And he said, look at this. He said, and all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and the people rose up and worshiped, but they all stayed in their tents. So you're staying in your cars. <laughs> it says, and the Lord spoke unto Moses, watch this face to face as a man spoke unto his friend. That's what we're longing for. God knows we need this. God knows we need personal contact. When we had uh, grandbabies in the NICU, one of the things they said to us is they need physical contact. They need that. Several years ago, I had an opportunity with a, a parent and I had volunteered some hours to go and rock babies in the nursery. And this one particular mother had, had abandoned her baby. She, was, uh, she used drugs, bad ones, and her baby was born drug dependent. So it couldn't be released out of the hospital. But she wanted to go back to her life of using drugs. And so I went up to the hospital and I'd go up in the afternoon and I'd pick up the baby and I'd, I'd go when it was feeding time and I'd give the baby a bottle and I'd hold it and rock it in the chair and pray over that little baby. And... It, it, you know, it was just a little thing, but that baby started to thrive. I was so grateful for that opportunity. There's so many places God can set us, but that contact, we need contact. We need each other. And it occurred to me as I was praying about this face-to-face -face and the contact, because I know people are hurting here. I know they need that. And then I remembered that Jesus is the bread of life. He sent the word and it became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus is among us. And Jesus and that revelation, that peace where the bread that we were talking about in communion, where it breaks open in our heart and we recognize that he is the bread of life. He is our contact on earth. He is the one that we connect with. He's our face to face. Amen. And we can meet him every day. We can meet him in our homes. We can meet him in our church. We can meet him in each other because just as real as he was when he walked on the earth is as real as he is in me and in you. And that bread of life was broken open for me and he was broken open for you. And it's a powerful thing when we begin to connect with that bread. Man does not live by what? 
bread alone, but by every word, but by every word. God knew it wasn't good for any of us to be alone. He knew we needed something more. He knew we needed a first contact. <laughs> and Jesus is that first contact. And it's so great as the word begins to open up. And then you come back to Isaiah and he says, wonderful. Oh my, it is wonderful. Oh, he is the counselor. And you begin to realize that's Jesus over there. That's Jesus there. That's Jesus there. That's Jesus there. Jesus is in us and just as real as when he walked on the earth. Just as real. Just as real. And I'm praying that that kind of understanding would come to us. Because it's one thing to have a bunch of nice sayings. It's a whole nother thing to have it a reality in your heart. It's time for us to have that broken. We can go through anything when we know we're partnering with him. I can't live without him. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. I'm going to go to Isaiah 61. I want you to see this face-to-face -face God we have is so good. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That was his promise. And he repeated it in the book of Luke. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to them that are bound, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And here's the one that I think we so need to comfort all that mourn. We cannot mourn our distance. We have to remember that he is here and he is face to face with us. He's face to face. And when we allow the words of mourning to pierce and to try and divide us from truth, come on. I mean, come on. We cannot give way to that kind of division. We need to pull that thing right out of there. Amen? Amen. If he promised, if he promised, and did he? Did he promise? I mean, come on. Yes, he, did. he promised to comfort all that mourn. Now, now, that's not to say, you know, well, I'll go and have a piece of mourning so I can have his comfort. Come on. <laughs> okay, that's the only time he comforts me, so I better get right into morning. I'll embrace it thoroughly, and then I'll meet him face to face. No. <laughs> to a point unto them that mourn in Zion. See, there's a place. Uh, can I tell a funny story? Well, maybe it's not that funny, but it kind of was. But <laughs> I, I went to a funeral. That's not a funny part. And just so that you're all warned, that wasn't the funny part. And... I, it was a very, very, very holy liturgical funeral. And I was listening, and part of it was in Latin, and part of it was in English, and I'm being respectful because the family had asked me to come. And, and so I'm, I'm listening, and, and, and then in comes the mourning people. They literally had paid mourners, and they began to wail. And it was really loud. This is not something I had seen before. I was doing my best to sit in my chair, and be respectful. But I thought, bless the Lord. And I thought, you know, when they first started up, the, I thought, you know, that, that it, that'd be it. No. Oh, no. We're talking a good half an hour weeping, wailing like I have never seen in my life. I'm like, when will this end? Oh, God. That's not the kind of morning. That, that's pretend. That's paid mourning. That's not what God's talking about here. 
there are people with real serious issues and we're equipped and we're prepared to go and to minister that comfort now. Why? Because Jesus is Holy Spirit in us. And when that's in us, we can comfort. We can come with that anointing. We can come with that power and see that change. We can live this out in this world. This is something they need. This world needs us to be able to look, go not get under that sad thing. You know, stop being sad. Oh, well, you can't stop being depressed. I get it. We're not talking about clinical depression. There's healing for that too. Amen. We're talking about those people who just got to mope around all day. Get up. Get up. And shake that thing off. Well, I've tried. Have you tried praying and shouting down the glory? That's what we used to do. We used to do that. I, I was so happy we went into one church and I'd never seen that before. I was kind of new to the whole charismatic thing. And they started running around and shouting. Ah! I'm like, ah! You know, uh, but it worked. It worked. And people got better and they were so happy. It was really great. You know, Demas Shakarian, he wrote a book called The Happy People because they were happy. <laughs> They weren't sad. They thrown off mourning. They gave it to Jesus. How did they do that? How did you turn it over? The same way they released sins. Lord, your word promises that you'd comfort me in my mourning. And well, you don't know what mourning's like. Don't you talk to me about that. My story might be different, but the promise is the same. Amen. We all walk different. People's pain is always unique. And no one will ever understand it in the way you do because pain is personal. But it doesn't have to stay there. It doesn't have to be that way. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty. To give them beauty. You can get up from that place and shake it off and start saying, Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, we shake that thing off. Whoa, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Some of you should be getting excited or at least smiling. I can't see all your smiling faces, but I'm believing for it. Amen. <laughs> and it, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. <laughs> Amen. Ever remember that song? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit. I mean, we were happy. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right? And everybody got happy. We were all doing the victory two-step. You know, and clapping our hands. And and I look back now, it's kind of funny. But we were pretty happy. We were pretty happy. We were rejoicing. It was fun. It was fun. What happened to having fun? So much of our worship has turned into mourning. Come on. We're going there. Me and myself and my bad situation. Jesus, please lift me up. Come on. No, we lift him up. We lift him up. We lift him up. And then, you know, he set our feet upon a rock. Whoops, there's a bump there. Amen. <laughs> I'm getting all excited. Ground bumping. Praise Jesus. I tell you what, we got to throw that thing off. And our worship and our praise needs to be real and from the heart and joy filled to overflowing. Oh, it's time to have fun with Jesus again. Lift him up. Lift him up. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. Who's planting? God's planting. The planting of the Lord. He's planted you and he's planted me in a place of rejoicing. 
Pastor, how do you stay so happy? Because I do this. <laughs> I don't always feel like it. Most of the time, I actually don't at the beginning. That's why I do it. But I get up. And I get up. And I get up again. And then I get up again. Let's face it. I'm in the next half of my life and things are just starting. Amen? Amen. There's a long way to go and we can be happy all the time. I don't have to get under that thing. I mean, come on. In about time, I know you could, you know, for me, if I was in there, I'd be having a hard time staying in my car. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you know, I want to jump around and all of that and praise the Lord. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's time we had that garment of praise again in our house. When you think about preparing the way of the Lord, this is a great, and yes, it works the same way. How does this all work? Remember where it started? How do we release forgiveness? How do we release pain? We release it through our mouth. What do you think? The garment of praise is, it's releasing praise and who Jesus is through your mouth. Canadians, we get, we get this place and we're quiet. It's like, I don't know, what's that new tape they've got out there? Sticks on everything's like cement or something. And it's on there. And the things that we say are all the bad stuff going down. Yeah. You know what? They'll, when this is done, there'll be something new. That's how it works. There'll always be something. Hello? There will always be something. Yeah, right. Exactly. There'll always be something. But you know what? Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and go brush my teeth because I like clean teeth. <laughs> I will comb my hair. I'm put my shoes and socks on because it's cold out. I'd rather have slipper or, you know, flip flops. But, you know, it's not that weather. <laughs> but I'm going to do what I've always done. I'm going to say, hello, Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. And tomorrow I might have something else go down. Is it going to affect my heart? Is it going to affect your salvation? Are we going to toss it all? Come on. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of evidence. Some of you are starting to get happy with me, and that's a good thing. See, this is what happens. When we get there and all of this happens, then we can go to phase next. What's phase next? Build. Amen. Because you can't build on the old garbage. You know, uh, I was sharing with someone yesterday, and they happen to be somebody who also works in cement. They're almost 70, and they're, they're doing cement work all the time. And they're saying, you know, I, I think I'm getting to the place where I can't really work outside anymore. I, thought, yeah. oh, I get that, you know? <laughs> he says, it's getting to be hard work. I'm not, I can't work 16 hours like I used to. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> sure enough, you know? And I was telling him about the buildings I've seen overseas. And I said, you know, they could sure use some teaching on how to like pour some, some stairs so that they were all the same, right? <laughs> as I, they talk about the stairs over in, it happens in India as well as Kenya. Uh, you know, and, and one stairs this side, the next one's this side. They call it camel donkey because camels got long legs, donkey got short one. And so you go, and from the side, you know, they wanted me to come and bless this new building. And I look from the side and I can see this stairwell of, of, of cement stairs going up all uneven. And they don't look like they're supported anywhere. Come on up and see this. I'm thinking I got to work my faith up first just to give me a minute, you know. <laughs> and I'm looking at them. There's no thing to hang on. They're sort of out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, Jesus. When we talk about building the waste places, there's some cleaning up that needs to be done first. Get the prep done. Get the junk out. It doesn't have to stay in there one more life. You know, you don't owe it nothing. 
If Jesus paid for it all, you don't owe your past another cent of it, of your time. Amen. Right? So he's paid for it all. Get that. Just get it off. Ugh. Amen? And now you can build the foundation of God, the household of God that he longs to build in every one of us. A place secure, unmoved, happy, joy-filled. They'll raise up former desolations and repair waste cities. You see the progression in the building in that. Where we begin here, we get the junk out, we get happy, and now we start building. I've never seen people really that sad building homes. You know, when, when we bought our last home, it was, it was a, we were blessed that we could move into a place that was the first owner, so it was built there. Then people were happy. And after they cleaned it and we moved in, they said, did you see, did we clean it well? Do you like this? Do you like, they were excited about what they had, what? Built. As God builds us, the way he's designed us, set us, planted us as trees of righteousness, there is a joy and excitement. I don't have to apologize for that. It's kind of happy. It's kind of nice. It's like, woo, Jesus, this is good. This is good. Because everything our God does is good. Oh, it's good. It's so good. It's so good. And when you've got this going, now we look out and we can repair the waste places. We can repair the cities. We can walk in strength and people are going to go, hey, you know what? Just like I said to that guy, they could sure use your expertise overseas. You sure know what you're doing here. When people see your strong tower, that that's the place you live in. You live in the name of Jesus, your strong tower. And they begin to see that strong tower manifest in your life. They'll say, hey, would you come and help me? Would you come and help me? Because they're going to take the advice they've seen. They're going to see that. People need to see our Jesus face to face through you and I. That's the great preparation he's called us this day. It doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. This is what they need. They need us bold. They need us strong. And they need us, ah, in Jesus' name. Verse 6 says, you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentile. And in their glory, you shall boast yourselves. You're your shame, you'll have double. And if you only hear me today, I know some of you get trapped where shame is. You look at your past and say, how can I ever? But everyone you meet has a story. There's always something we could dig up if you want to. We could probably provide a shovel or two. You can dig up the stuff and feel shame for what didn't go right. Or you can just get up and move into what God promised. Amen. I love the end of this great chapter of Isaiah 61. Because it has to do with rejoicing. Verse 10. I will partially get up, put my hands in my pocket, fold my hands at church, and go, whoopee God. <laughs> so I'll greatly rejoice. <laughs> Not halfway job. Amen. <laughs> Come on, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. So it's two things. There will come a place where your soul gets happy, where it's blessed and strong and wonderful. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. He has clothed me 
with garments of salvation. He's covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth his bud and the garden causes the things that are sown in it, sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. That's a pretty awesome promise. I mean, that is so good. I love it. God wants us there. The door is through our mouth. We're going to rip that, you know, duct tape off <laughs> and get going with our mouth. Let's believe God together. Let's believe he's prepared us for what this good work is ahead of us. Let's get up and shake that thing off. Ah! All that heaviness and rejoice in our God and lift him. We are going through together, but not their mess. We're going through his victory. Run at the cross and having fun. And we're going to get some fun songs. That was a fun song they sang this morning. I loved it. Ah, praise God. Amen. So wherever you are in your cars or online or whatever, put your hands up. I'm going to pray this blessing over you. Amen. God's so good. Then I'm going to have the other pastors come on out here and they're going to pray and bless you. We've missed you all so very much. We love you so very much. And we miss your faces. But we have Jesus' face. Amen. Hallelujah. I speak strength in Jesus' name. I speak hope in Jesus' name. I speak life in Jesus' name. Come forth. Rise up, people of God. Rise up and take hold of what God has wrought for you. Take hold. Let it be in you. Let it be through you. Let it be working to bring about every promise, every promise, every promise in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you now. You're healing bodies. You're raising them up strong. Oh, hallelujah. You're making us fit for your good works in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Pastor Ann. Thank you, Lord, that you have raised up a standard. And I thank you that that standard is Jesus. And, that G and you, Jesus, cover us. You have saturated us. You've overflowed us. I thank you, Lord, that you're in us. That you're in us. Oh, I thank you that when you said God with us, that was God with us. God with me. God with you. I thank you, Lord. God is there with you. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that we are able. Oh, hallelujah. More than able to go through anything, any circumstance, anything. I thank you, Lord, that we will no longer be held back by circumstance or anything. I thank you, Lord, that your plans, your good plans for each and every single person, each and every single person in the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you have equipped us to, to walk through and go through and see those plans made manifest in each and every single one of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that those plans are intertwined with one another. I thank you that you've knit us all together, uh, together as, as your people, as your body. And I thank you, Lord, that those plans are all intertwined. I thank you, Lord, that, that we're there for that kind word or that kind encouragement for our neighbor. I thank you, Lord, that we're there for that, that um, 
to speak and minister to one another. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that your good word comes out of our mouth. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, we just walk through. Just like Teflon, nothing can stick to us. Nothing can touch us. I thank you, Lord, that we, when we walk out, we're pillars of victory wherever we step. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in Jer Jeremiah 33, 3, your word says to call unto you, Lord, and you will answer us. You will show us great and mighty things, Lord. You will show us great and mighty things that we have not seen before, Lord. All we need to do is call on you, Lord, and you will show us. You promise us that you will show us, Lord. You will show us. You will open our eyes. You will open our hearts. You will open our spirit and show us, Lord, your ways, Lord. You will show us through your word, through other people, Lord how to walk in your ways, how to stand righteous in you, Lord, how to stand victorious in you for the victory that you've already called on our, that you've already bought on our, on the cross, Lord. We give you all the glory and honor for that, Lord. We thank you so much for that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that people's eyes are open, that people's eyes are open, Lord, to how simple it is, Lord, to call on you and you will answer them. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to talk to you about something just quickly for a moment here, and that's this. In the, in the time when they had shepherds, well, they still have shepherds, and they had shepherds with sheep, quite often the, the, the sheep pen would be made of stones all around, and that would keep the sheep in the, the pen. And when the, the shepherd would actually build it all around complete. And there came a point in time when he wanted to lead them out into pasture, so he would take the stones that hemmed them in and move them out of the way and create a little opening for the sheep to follow the shepherd out to pasture so that they can go out and, and eat and be nourished and do what they need to do as sheep. And our Lord Jesus is our great shepherd. And it doesn't matter what has hemmed you in. It doesn't matter what has hemmed you in. But he's the one who is breaking open a way for you to enter life. Listen carefully. He is breaking open the way for you to enter life. He did that when he rose from the dead. He broke open the way for you to enter life. And that same Jesus who lives on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost is breaking open a way for you to enter the life that he died and rose again to give you. He's the same shepherd. He came that you may have life and life abundantly. So join with me in confessing. Join with me in prayer. Join with me in your faith and your believing as I declare this over your life, that Jesus is the one who breaks open the way. It doesn't matter what circumstance or situation or feeling or negative thing that has happened. It doesn't matter what you've been limited to in any way, but Jesus breaks open the way so that you can enter life. It doesn't matter how difficult things have been. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. Jesus breaks open the way in your life. It doesn't matter what past hurt or circumstance has seemed to hemmed you, hemmed you in. The life that Jesus has for you 
is there and available, and he breaks open the way. So we say, Jesus, you have broken open the way for me. You have made the way open, and I go through. I enter life. I enter the life that you have given me. I enter those things that you have prepared for me, and I declare that you are my Savior. You are my Deliverer. You are my Lord, and in you I have confidence. In you I have trust. In you I place my faith, and you shall not fail. You shall not let me down. You have risen to the place above all things. You have risen and you are seated and have authority over all things. And in Jesus, in your name, I am free. I am healed. I am blessed. I am delivered, praise God. And the life that you have prepared for me, I walk in, I enter in, and I will dwell in that place with you forever. And all God's people say, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.